Welcome everyone to a Thursday edition of Couch Potato Diary, coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studios. Clearwater Cleaning Solutions is your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show at couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com and the music for the program provided by Waste talent. It is a Stanley Cup reaction podcast. Did one live last night immediately following the game on Game Over Cup Final. You can find that one wherever podcasts are available or on YouTube right now. Um, but just kind of a, a sober second thought edition of this podcast. Um, the, the main story of this is obviously Nazem Kadri. He comes back from injury. He uh, relatively ineffective, I thought, during the game. Like, I, I, he had a couple of looks, but for the most part, he kind of forgot he was out there. And then he gets the break in overtime, and he scores, and no one knows that he scores, and then eventually everyone knows that he scores, and now the Colorado Avalanche are a win away from their third Stanley Cup in franchise history. It is just an amazing story, and it is the, the perfect... Like, it's an amazing story if he's just regular dude who got injured, comes back, and scored. But because of how... It, it ended in Toronto, where, like, he's the, this reliable guy, except for in the playoffs when he's getting suspended, and that comes back to bite the team, and then they go out and sign all these big names, and it's like, well, it seems like he's pretty expendable, and off he goes to the Colorado Avalanche, and he has turned his reputation around so well in this postseason, and this season in general. He is a huge part of what Colorado has been able to do. And for him to get this, I thought was a, a really, really, like, it's, it, it was just perfect. It was the perfect ending to this one for Nazem Kadri, who was going to get his this offseason in free agency. And he's, it, like, it's it, good for him. Like, go get your money, sir. But it, it, it will be a little disappointing because he is a perfect fit for what Colorado needs in that bottom, uh, not bottom six, but um, after the big three, he is a perfect fit for, for what Colorado needs. And he's a perfect kind of second, third line center guy. Couldn't be happier. Just couldn't be happier for, for Nazem Kadri, who goes out and gets the win in overtime here for, for Colorado. The controversy around this game now, afterwards, John Cooper comes out and he says, you're going you're gonna to see the clips and you're going to see we should still be playing. Now, you know I'm not a big blame the refs guy for losses. Blame the refs for losses guy. That's more what I meant to say. You, you know that's, that, that's not my gem. I will say, if I'm a Lightning fan this morning, I am a little pissed off because like the guy who comes onto the ice is left open and he scores. So it's like it, it is a direct correlation. However, A, play better. You know, don't fall behind. Don't put yourself in a spot where you can fall behind three to one in a series if you give up a goal. Um, if a call is missed, b a thousand calls were missed. You benefited from several of them. Um, and c, you were getting outplayed wildly in overtime. That shouldn't matter. That that's one I I would push back on if I were a Lightning fan. It's like whatever. I mean, th this is a Tampa Bay team that's been resilient all season long, all dynasty long. That this is that this is a team that even against the flow of play could come back and score. So that one's not a great one. But they were getting their asses kicked. Um, but also, y'all had seven. Like you, you guys, you guys were cheating more and worse than Colorado was. So. Don't give me that. Don't, 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 don't. And I, I, in part, I understand what John Cooper is doing. I think he's taking some of the attention away from his team. 
um, blowing a couple of leads and um, just like kind of getting worked as that game went on. I think it's trying to take away a bit from those conversations from happening and kind of take some distractions away from his team. And just, I guess, distracting away from his team is a better way to put it. So I, I think there's a bit of that. But he also just seemed like a broken man last night. Like, he looked like the visual representation of what we all kind of think Tampa Bay is going through right now. They've played a lot of hockey. This is Hedman's 103rd game of the season, and this is the third year in a row they're doing this. Now, the last two have been abbreviated for various different circumstances, um, but they still have played more hockey than anyone during those stretches, and it just seems like it is catching up with them now. It seems like this is a team that is beaten up, that is tired, and they are facing a Colorado Avalanche juggernaut right now. And the frustrating thing, I think, for Tampa Bay, I don't know how much better you could play Colorado. Like, they were getting in the shooting lanes all night, and they were slowing down Colorado through the neutral zone. There's very few times where Colorado was like, oh man, here they come, three on two, look at the speed of Nathan McKinnon. It's a lot of, they have to kind of grind their way up ice to get anything that they are, um, to, to get anything that they are looking for. And from a Tampa Bay perspective, like it just, I don't know what more you can do defensively. And it, it's clearly they were trying to frustrate them with block shots. I thought eventually Colorado adjusts. There's a lot of quick passing to get Tampa Bay moving so that they can't get into shooting lanes. You have Makar who is stepping up and um, kind of skating around some of those shot blocking opportunities and then getting into uh, attacking areas. And again, it just kind of feels like the reverse of game three where Tampa Bay had the puck a lot, but they weren't getting to the danger chances, and then they started to get to those chances. It kind of felt like that for Colorado. They had the puck a bunch, they weren't getting it to the net, and then they did, and then it was just nonstop. And it's now got them within a win of the Stanley Cup. Um, it's, it's like, they're just, they're so good. They are just so freaking good to be at this spot. And I, I've said it before, and I will continue to say it, that this is going to, I think, really change how teams look at roster construction. I, I I think you have to look at how effective Makar and Byram have been and the, the speed that those players can defend with and the speed that you have to defend if you are going to play at this high level. I just think that all of it is too much for teams to ignore. And I, I really do think this is like a Boston 2011 shift where everyone, oh, it's the Boston model. You got to get big. You got to get, you know, Zach Cassian all of a sudden becomes very valuable. You, you have to, to go out and get these big bruising guys to play this style of winning hockey. Well, now you have to be able to play a, a grinded out style of hockey while also playing at a thousand miles an hour. And it's just been, oh, it's been so much fun. On the shot blocking thing, I've been giving this a lot of thought because Again, any shot that you block means that it's not going to the net, which eliminates the opportunity for a goal. I understand that. And I I tend to get more on the side of, like, if you're having to block a lot of shots, there are bigger problems, and this isn't something that should be celebrated. It was kind of a, like, you could see Tampa Bay was building momentum off of each block shot that they had. And so I, I do think there was some form of value being gained by Tampa Bay with all of those block shots, but man, they were getting the shit kicked out of them for it. Like you, you just had it, everyone 
was going to the locker room at points. Like, Stamkos is on the limp. Um, Chernak is in pain. You have Corey Perry wincing. And I get, like, some of these are from shot blocks and some of them aren't. But it just seemed like a lot of unnecessary damage when you have the best goalie in the world behind you. I, I think some shot blocks are good. Some of them can be valuable. But you don't need to do it on everything. Some of the shots... I feel like you can just trust your goaltender to to be able to to make a save on. It, it just feels like they are already a beat-up team, and they're just beating themselves up more to, to try to get this done. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. Game 5 coming up on uh, Friday. I'm going to be out of town and out of cell range, so um, might be doing a, if the series is over, might be doing a recap podcast coming out on Sunday, we will say. Tonight is the NBA draft. Rumors are flying around that the Toronto Raptors um, could be trading OG Ananobi for the seventh overall pick. I think this would be a mistake, um, and I don't particularly care who might fall to the Raptors at seven if they are in that spot. I, I feel like OG Ananobi is still 24 years old. He is still growing, and he is a perfect fit for what the Toronto Raptors are looking to do. Now, Toronto is very good at making anyone a perfect fit with what they're trying to do, but I don't like. I feel like there needs to be a conversation had, other than oh, OG's upset with how uh, with his role, so he has to be traded. These are these are the agreed upon facts of the case. It's like no, 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 no. He can he can deal with it. It's fine. People have dealt with it for a long time, and that's even if he is really all that upset. I I don't necessarily believe those rumors either. So I think it would be a mistake for Toronto to trade for the seventh pick. I think that if you do that, if you trade OG for the seventh pick, you are essentially taking a bit of a step back with the hope that this player could get to the level that OG is at now. I feel like if you're the Raptors and you're trading the seventh overall pick, you are trading that pick for someone who is going to to help you now. You are trading that pick for a player that is going to um, be able to protect the rim a little bit. Like, I wouldn't trade OG for Rudy Gobert, but you guys know me. I wouldn't trade anyone on the Raptors for Rudy Gobert right now. But... I think you need to look at more immediate help because this Raptor team is good, man. They are good. And they have some clear holes. I think that's pretty obvious. But I don't think that you fix that by just getting a guy who is a couple of years younger than OG Ananobi. I think it's going to be really interesting at the top. I keep going back on it. Like, the best version of Chet is the best version of any player in this draft, I think. But that floor is a whole lot lower on Chet than it is on any of the other guys in the top three. And so I think that is so fascinating to see how how this whole draft process is going to play out. Should be a fun one coming out tonight. A very quick episode today, but that's going to do it for the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been Couch Potato Diary coming to you from the Clearwater Cleaning Solutions broadcast studio. They are your one-stop commercial and residential cleaning company based out of Calgary. They have a fantastic team who are ready to make your life simpler and easier by fulfilling all of your cleaning needs. Check them out online, clearwatercleaningsolutions.com. All right, I will talk to you guys this weekend. I'm out.